The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. The role of a father, you know, it's totally, totally crucial. You know, it takes two a father and a mother for a child to be nurtured in a perfect and complete way. However, today we're going to look at fathers because today's Father's Day. <laughs> so the, the, the roles of fathers in the life of, of, of children is so pivotal. You know, I, I, I um, came across some statistics that are totally, totally mind-blowing. For instance, 85% of all children who show behavioral disorder come from fatherless home, 85%, 20 times the national average. That's from CDC. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes, 14 times the national average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 32 times the national average. 71% of all high school dropouts, that is secondary school dropouts, are from fatherless homes. Nine whooping times the national average. 71% to finish secondary school. Children with fathers who are involved, who can say, hey, shut the iPad. Oh, it's time to do your homework. Oh, have you had dinner? Or just put a hand around the child or put um, the dinner on the table for the child. Children with fathers that are involved are 70% less likely to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved also are more likely to get A's. So it's not only intelligence that determines the A's and the A-stars. When you have fathers involved, no wonder there's so much attack on fathers at home. So much attack. So much attack to make homes fatherless. Why? Because when you remove the father, you destroy the children. When you destroy the children, you have destroyed the next generation. The next generation. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers, in other words, drug addicts, come from fatherless homes. 75%, 10 times the national average. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. 85%, 20 times the national average. Fatherless boys and girls are twice as likely to drop out of high school, twice as likely to end up in jail, four times more likely to need help for emotional and behavioral problems. In fact, there's a scientific research, scientific study that shows they, 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 they put together, um, they did a research on 50 most famous atheists in the world 50 most famous atheists in the world and they show all of them as 
only one thing in common. The 50 most famous atheists, people that defy God, that say, well, I'm, we are my, I'm, I'm my own God, I am this and that. Every one of them hated their father. Every one of them hated their father. We see a direct correlation how big it is for fathers to be strong, for fathers to be present, for fathers to be involved. Your understanding of God as your father will determine the course of your life. Take it to the back. And your relationship with your earthly father directly affects. It shouldn't determine, but it directly affects your relationship with God as your father. And when your understanding of God as your father is whooped, you struggle. So we look at no one else but Jesus to describe God to us. And Jesus described God to us in two words. In Matthew 6 verse 9. In Matthew 6 9, this is how you should pray. This is how Jesus described God. Our Father. So God, our Father. Our Father in heaven. Since God is our Father, we know that He is a person and not a power. You see, sometimes people can relate to God, a God that is a force. But no, God is powerful, but God is a person. God is our Father. Everyone say, God is my Father. God is our Father. And uh, you know, many times there are four misconceptions about God, you know, and it affects us relating with God as, as Father. The first is that we think that God is unreasonable. You know, because we think that God is unreasonable, we, we are like, ah, that guy, I mean, he's, he's, he's always out to spoil my joy. You think that God just wants to keep you joyless. We think he's unreasonable. And when you think God is unreasonable, you pull away from God because you're like, I need to undo stuff myself. Let me make my first millions before I come to God because God is unreasonable. Maybe he wants poverty for you. That's when people don't understand God. Or it could be, he doesn't want love for me. God doesn't want me to. So, so let me sort out um, boyfriend issues or girlfriend issues or relationship issues. I'll sort it out myself. I'll keep my Bible under my eye pit while I sort it out. I, I can do this. I can do I can do by all by myself. <laughs> Many times we think God is unreasonable. And sometimes we think God is unreliable. So some of you, you don't think God is unreasonable, but you think he's unreliable. You think he's unreliable. Can I depend on him? Can I depend on him? And when you don't think he's unreasonable and he's unreliable, sometimes you think he's unconcerned. God doesn't care. God how can God care about, about, I mean, the school I go to? Yes, he does. How can God care about the job I take? Yes, he does. How can God care about the house or the, the location I live in? Yes, he does. You see, when you move out of God's location, you move out of God's grace. That's how it is. Graces are location bound. God says, go there and I will be with you. There is where his presence is. So we think that God is unconcerned 
And what we don't think is unreasonable, unreliable, unconcerned, we sometimes think is unpleasable. We think we cannot please him. One secret, one key secret of life is that the only person you can actually please is God. You can't please your dad. You can't please your dad. I mean, many of us, we are, we are worried because of parental, fatherly, you know, we want to always look up to dad, please dad. It's good because it's in it and it points us to God. But you can't please your earthly dad completely. You can't please your mom completely. You can't please your spouse completely. No, you cannot. You can't please your boss completely from a behavioral standpoint. You can't. You should try, <laughs> but you can't. The only person you can please completely is God. So when you buy the lie that God is unpleasable, then you are setting yourself up for a trap. So what kind of father is God? What kind of father? Off the bat, is reasonable, reliable, concerned, and pleasable. So what kind of father is God? Number one, God is a caring father. God is caring. God is caring. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those, on those that honor him. As a father, you see, do you, are you, do you honor God? Do you honor God with your decisions? Are your decisions honoring to God? That is a sign that in your heart you're a child of God because you want to please your father. And he says, as a father has compassion on his children, the Lord has compassion upon us because we honor him. He has mercy. He cares for us. Regardless of what you're going through, you may be like your world is crumbling right now. Maybe like the whole thing, world around you is crashing. I have good news for you, my brother, my sister. God cares for you. And God will come through for you in the name of Jesus. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, 1 Peter 5, 7, the word of God says, cast a few of your faith, of your cares, of your anxieties. Is that what it says? A few, most of your anxieties, maybe. Is that what it says? No. It says, cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Why should you cast all your anxiety on him? Because he cares for you. God does care. He cares. God does care. He cares about your house. He cares about your girlfriend. He cares about your boyfriend. Oh, pastor, does not really care about my boyfriend. Well, yes, he does. He cares about the air you have on. He knows the ones that are original and the ones that are not. He knows the real color of your hair. <laughs> I don't want to say more than that. God cares. God cares for you. In Matthew 6, 31 to 32, it says, So don't worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we wear? Hmm. He cares about what you wear. That's Jesus' words. He cares about what you wear. It says your heavenly father knows you need these things and he cares. You see, someone walked up to, to his pastor and said to his pastor, Pastor, I have a big problem, you know, in, in, in my spiritual life. You know, my problem is that I don't love God enough. 
My problem is that the Bible was saying that he doesn't love God enough. And, and the pastor said to him that that's not your problem, actually. Your problem is you don't know how much God loves you. Many times you are struggling. Oh, I, I, cannot, I cannot make me talk. I cannot love God enough. I cannot, my best is not enough. Oh, it's because we've lost sight. We think it's about our love for God. We've lost sight that it is not about our love for God. It is about God's love for us. Our love for God is simply a response to his love for us. So when you find the full weight and understanding, in fact, a comprehensive understanding, you can only experience. When you come into the experience of the fullness of God's love, boom, your response starts. You begin to love God. So number one, God is a caring father. Number two, God is a consistent father. God is consistent. God is consistent. God is consistent. God is not a moody God. He doesn't have mood swings. <laughs> God doesn't have mood swings. You know, a lot of our fathers struggle because there's a lot of weight upon them. So they have, they have, move, they have mood swings. You know, you don't know when daddy is happy. You don't know when daddy is sad. You don't know when it's good to approach daddy or you approach daddy and you're tiptoeing. You see, if you're a father, you need to anchor on God and embrace is consistent. Imagine God doesn't wake up and say, Oh, I'm feeling grouchy today. Who can I send thunder into their life? Who can I roast? <laughs> if God, if men were God, you know, but because God is consistent, we can anchor our faith on Him, we can put our trust in Him, we can find our security in Him. Fathers, your children need you to be consistent. Your wives need you to be consistent. You have to be consistent. They should know where you stand and they should know that you are constantly available for them. You constantly love them. Your love is not epileptic. It's not when they get A, you love them more. When they get Bs, you, you, you love them less. You love your children regardless. So Pastor, he's saying my, my child gets D, you know, C. I should buy ice cream for him. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Not for getting B or C, but because he's your child. You know. So he said, Oh, let me see your report card. It, 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 imagine what it will do to your teenage son. He comes, he wants to get a star in math. So that he can live up to his father's expectation. The father that has told him that he always got A's in math mm, all through his, his school days. And, 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 and he didn't get A star. Maybe he got A and it's, or B. And he's tiptoeing and shows you that. See, imagine if you, if you put your hands around him or her and say, let's go for, let's go and watch a movie. Imagine what that would do to that boy. Imagine what that would do to that boy. Because you, are, you love him because of who he is. is your son. James 1.7 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from the Father. Who does not change is consistent. It does not change. So, inconsistent fathers produce insecure children. Inconsistent fathers produce insecure children. If you see children that are insecure, check inconsistent fathers. You see the stats that we read out at the beginning. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. 
Yet they are precious upon families to become fatherless. The word of God says to us, even if we are faithless, oh, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. That is the God that we serve. That is the Father that whose family we belong. Even when we come short, even when you, you, you are not parenting properly, you feel you are not doing well as a parent, God remains faithful to you. Even when you think you are not doing well as a wife or you are not doing well as a husband, God remains faithful to you. Why does he remain faithful to you? He remains faithful to you not because you didn't do well. He remains faithful to, to you because of him. Because you flow from him. He cannot disown himself. Oof, that's big. That's huge. That's huge. There's a story of a lady that went to, to a pastor and said, Oh, pastor, that's the dad was high on drugs, he didn't know, he strangled the mom to death. And she was a little child, and she saw that. She grew up hating God, running from God. Then when she finally found God and understood God's love, she said to the pastor, my, I, 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 I felt that when I think about my earthly father, I used to feel that this is someone that took away what no one can replace and give me. And he says, when I think about my heavenly father now, I say, this is someone that gave to me what no one can give to me. Hallelujah. What no one can give to me. In Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, says, God will never go back on his promises. God will never go back on his promises. God will never go back on his promises. There, there are things that, you know, I'm struggling with right now in my personal life that, you know, struggling, you know, wrestling with God, you know, and I felt God say to, to me, Femi, I'm not changing my mind about you. Ah, I'm not going back on my, the promises I made to you. That's huge. That's huge. I still feel the pain, but I can hold on to the promise. Praise God. God will never, God is a consistent father. Consistent father. Consistent. Totally. Research shows that one of the greatest causes of resentment and rebellion in children, in kids, is broken promises. When you promise a child, oh, I'm going to get you ice cream. Or I'm going to buy that game for you. And you break that promise. It's one of the greatest causes of re rebellion in children. If you make a promise to your child, don't break it. You know, I've shared it with you, I mean, a promise that was made to me as a child. And my dad, that... <laughs> and, I, I mean, I, 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 I still, you know, think about it and I'm like, no, I, I, I don't want to be that kind of dad. You know, my dad was a good man to me. In fact, he was a good, he had his flaws, right? Right? He had his flaws, but he was a good dad to me. You know, in fact, my mom would say to me that I'm his favorite son. I'm my dad's favorite son. You, you don't mess with him. Don't mess with me. <laughs> 
in my daddy's house. And I feel that way too with God the Father. That I'm his favorite son, don't mess with me, my father's house. So my father promised me. Now, my father has bought things for me that I kid you not, he doesn't buy for anybody else. Growing up. I'm not saying that's okay to do as a father. I'm saying that was my experience. Okay? So I love him, I honor him today, Father's Day, you know, and I miss him. I miss my dad. Particularly right now. So he promised me a flute. I've always been fascinated by musical equipment. So if he promised me a flute. So so if we come back from work and whatever it's gone to and I'll say to him, Oh, where's my flute? You say to me, ah, they are making the hole. You know that hole that is under? I say, yes, that hole, yes. They are making it. Oh, okay, daddy, when are they going to be done? Tomorrow, tomorrow. I, I believe he had the best intentions, but he was probably too busy. Tomorrow comes. Oh, daddy, where's my flute? Oh, you know the color. They are painting the color, the color. And it was one thing after the other, after the other. And here I am. I still don't have a flute. <laughs> But the key thing is this, one of the greatest causes of resentment and rebellion in kids is broken promises. Psalm 59 verse 10, it says, my God is changeless in his love. My God is changeless in his love. So God is not only caring and consistent, God is close. God is a close father. Acts 17, 27 says to us, Acts 17:27 it says God did this so people would reach out to him and find him since listen to this he is not far from each of us God is close God is close wherever you're watching from God is close to you even right now Psalm 145 verse 18 says the Lord is near is near is close to all that call on him God is never too busy for me. God is never too busy for me. God is never too busy for you. You say, oh, but pastor, you know, we are trying to make the ends meet. Maybe you need to consider shortening the end so that they can meet. Don't make your children pay for the lifestyle you cannot afford. Be near to them. Be near to your children. Yes, oh, pastor, I need to make this deal so that I can, you know, provide this good life for my children. Your children need a good father, not a good car, to impact their destinies. Trust me, trust me. The cars your children ride in your house will not impact their destinies a tenth as much as you're being present with them will impact their destinies. That's so big. So fathers have to be present. Matthew 7, 11, it says that if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your father give good gifts? So not only is he not too busy for me, he loves me and meets my needs. And a lot of the time, most of those needs are emotional needs for us that are fathers, to our children. So there's this guy, Nathan Melvot, 
he was the CTO of Microsoft back in the day. And this guy took a year of work so that he can be with his twin 10-year-olds. A whole year of work. You could say, oh, pastor, because he, he has a lot of money, he can't do that. Listen, when is money enough? If you ask someone that has a million naira, when is money enough? You say, oh, when I have 50 million. If you ask someone that has 50 million, when is money enough? You say, ah, 50 million, I have maybe 500 million. If you ask someone that has 500 million, when, when is money enough? Since when I have $2 million. If you ask someone that has $2 million, when is money enough? You say, when I have $50 million. The point is, your children are not going to be with you forever. They will get to a time they will leave your houses. Then it will be too late. You will have time, but you will have lost them. Now is the time to create time for your children. Do I get an amen? God is a close father. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted today? God is near you. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in the spirit. Is your spirit crushed this hour? Do you feel brokenhearted? God is a sympathetic father. He's sympathetic to my heart. God is sympathetic to my heart. Are you hurting? Are you brokenhearted? God is sympathetic to your heart. And that, that is big. That is big. God is it's near. It's a close father. I mean, the, the, the Hebrew word for um, father is Abba. And Abba, in, in the Semites world, the first word a child learns to, to say um, in, in, in the Middle East, for instance, is Abba, 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 Abba. Abba means Papa. It means Daddy. It means Dada. For those of you that are dads, you know this feeling. When you get back home from work and you shut the door, and your child, your son, your daughter, or your children drops what is in your hands and say, Daddy! <laughs> you know, it's, it's priceless, right? The same way with our Father, Heavenly Father. He wants us to come as Daddy. He wants us to come and, and relate to him as daddy. Imagine you are home and your child comes and says, Thou gracious Mr. So-and-so that paid the house rent and put petrol in the car, can I have some naira so that I can go and watch a movie? <laughs> You've already given me a knock. And that's how many of us approach God. Come to God. He's sympathetic to your heart. God is near. God is a close father. God is not only caring, consistent, close, he is also a competent father. God is a competent father. You see, as we grew older, we realized that our fathers had limits. When you were not younger, you thought your father could buy anything, you know. You thought your father could buy, he just decides not to buy it, you know. He, the guy is, you know. But the older we get, the more we see that, okay, wait a minute. This guy has limits. He's limited in resources. 
is limited in wisdom. You ask him a question, he pulls out his phone, he's Googling it. <laughs> he's limited. But God is limitless. He's competent and limitless. Luke 1, 37 says, For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Absolutely nothing. Two, two um, boys were, you know, our boys, our children generally say, oh, my father can do this, my father can do that. Oh, my own father can do this. So one boy said to the other boy that, oh, my, my dad can run faster than your dad. And the other boy said, big deal. My mom can already run faster than my dad. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> the man is not confident. He can't run as far as race is concerned. Ephesians 3.20, he says our God is not like that. God is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or think. Even to dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, and hopes. God is more competent than we can ever think or imagine. Think of the biggest dream in your life. God says, I can top that dream. Think of the biggest goal in your life. God says, I can surpass that goal. Think of the biggest vision in your life. God says, by the time it's done, it will just be step one. My question for you today is this. What have you been doubting that God can handle? Think about it. What have you been doubting that God can handle in your life? What have you been doubting that God can handle? What have you been doubting that God can handle? So we see that God is a caring father, is a consistent father, is a close father. God is a competent father. So the logical question then is, is everyone a child of God? That's the logical question, you know. Will God take care of everybody's needs? Is God the father of everybody? The answer to that is yes and no. Yes, from a creation standpoint, God made everybody. No, from a fatherhood standpoint, the fact that God created you does not make you God's child. He makes you God's creation. So, of course, because you, you know this, that it takes more than birth to be a father. It takes relationship to be a father. It takes more than birth. Anybody can be a sperm donor. It takes more than birth to be a father. It takes relationship. So when you cut off relationship, you cut off fatherhood. That's why I, I try, and I'm, I'm challenging a lot of us that are fathers, that by the grace of God, your children have you as a good father. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you to look for people that need a father. They call it a father figure. I don't like that father figure thing. That needs a father. I step into those shoes. You can father more children than you birthed. Yes, you can. That's, I try to do it. Why? Because anyone can donate sperm, but not everybody can build a relationship. No. It takes more than birth to be a father, it takes a relationship. A relationship to be a father to be a father so if maybe a single mom you know don't worry God will bring godly men into the lives of your children 
Say amen. God will bring godly men. And that's the beauty of our community. The church is a community. We have godly men here. Yes, we are all online. But you know what I mean? You know, we have godly men in church. God will connect them with your children. And they will not be a statistic, a negative statistic in the name of Jesus. So you are created by God. But you are not in God's family until you choose to become a part of God's family. Galatians 3.26 says to us, We are children of God through our faith in Christ Jesus. Through our faith in Christ Jesus. So that is how you become. You choose to be. For those of us that are fathers, the greatest thing you can do is to introduce your children to the Heavenly Father. I just want to leave that there. For those of us that are fathers, make it a prayer of your heart. Go down before God and pray. Lord, give me the privilege to introduce my children to you as their Heavenly Father. When my children step forward and surrender to Jesus, that's beautiful. That's, that's, that's. So a lot of us, I mean, in church, online, we have we've seen the privilege of doing that. Some of us have had the privilege of baptizing our children. So our pastors, and it's beautiful. Totally beautiful. It's the greatest honor of a father to connect your children to the Heavenly Father. So again, like we said, it takes deliberate action to come into God's family. Are you there? You're like, Pastor, I, I know God created me. Yes, he did. But I'm not sure I'm a child of God. Now you can't be sure. What do I need to do? I want to pray with you. You need to decide and commit to be a child of God. That is me, Pastor. Wherever you are, I'm going to count up to three. One, two, three. When you hear three, you put up your hand and you put it down back. That putting up your hand, you are committing. Heaven sees it. So one, two, three. Put up that hand now. Now. And put it down back. That's all. Put it up and put it down back. And that is your first commitment. Second thing is you're going to say to God wherever you are, here I am. I surrender to you. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you right now. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you breathe upon them, Lord, that you empower them. Be their God. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.